Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. In this episode of the podcast, I'm continuing in our exploration of the neoclassical period. I'm shifting to sculpture, though. This piece is called Venus Victress and was sculpted by Antonio Canova between 1805 and 1808. It shows Pauline Bonaparte, the sister of Emperor Napoleon, in the guise of the Roman goddess. Not only is it an icon of the neoclassical era, but there was some juicy scandal to go along with it. So, to find out more, then keep on listening. This work is sculpted from fine white marble. It features a nude woman relaxing gracefully on a couch. Her modesty is slightly protected by a thin veil across her lap, but her breasts are bare. The woman's hair is done up in a style called the Psyche Knot. The style was popular in the classical past and was making a comeback in early 19th century Europe. The couch is lavishly decorated with fluffy cushions and elaborate gold details. If you look closely, you will see that she holds an apple in her hand. This is a representation of the story of the Judgment of Paris. Venus was declared the most beautiful goddess by Paris, a prince of Troy. This set off the events of the Trojan War. What makes this event so remarkable is the fact that Canova was able to create texture with the marble. The woman's flesh appears soft and supple. The couch looks like you could sink into it for the perfect nap. But the frame of the couch is strong enough to hold all the gold details. It's remarkable how the artist was able to manipulate the material in this way. The subject of this worth is called Venus Victress or Victorious Venus. Venus was the Roman goddess of love, sexuality, and beauty. The victory isn't on the battlefield, but instead in the hearts of man, including during the Judgment of Paris. This guise is derived from images of armed Aphrodite, which itself is derived from images of the ancient Near Eastern goddess Ishtar. Roman religion didn't discriminate and often absorbed deities from other religions. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, the sculpture is a portrait of Pauline Bonaparte. She was born in 1780, the sixth child in the family. She was considered to be the most beautiful and charming of the Bonaparte sisters. With her brother's rise to power, Pauline saw her social status climb as well. After her first husband died of yellow fever, she was betrothed to Prince Camelio Porquese. This sculpture was commissioned on the occasion of their marriage. This marriage was used to cement Napoleon's power in the recently conquered Italian peninsula. At first, it seemed like a good match. However, the pair quickly tired of each other and Pauline embarked on a series of affairs. This led to quite a reputation for Pauline. She was seen as a woman with few scruples, but with her brother's power, it didn't affect her too much. Sadly, her only child died when he was young. After her brother's defeat and subsequent exile, Pauline often expressed a desire to join Napoleon in Elba. However, she ended up living in Rome with her mother under the protection of the Pope. She died there in 1825 at age 44, likely of pulmonary tuberculosis. Pauline Bonaparte was buried in the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore, a nod to her Borghese marriage. As expected, this work caused quite a scandal when it was unveiled. The main reason for this was because such a prominent figure was shown in the nude. There are a few anecdotes about this. First, when asked how she posed nude when it had been cold, she simply replied that there was a stove in the room to keep her warm. The more cheeky anecdote comes from the story that originally the artist was commissioned to sculpt Pauline as Diana, the virgin goddess of the hunt. Allegedly, she laughed and said that nobody would believe that she was a virgin. 
As funny as this story is, most historians believe that it simply isn't true. The Borghese family were a prominent Roman family, and they believed they were descendants of the mythical hero Aeneas. He was the son of Aphrodite, so it makes sense for Prince Camelio to want his wife portrayed in the guise of his ancestress. These two stories, combined with Pauline's multiple affairs and promiscuous reputation, all led this work to be considered quite scandalous. In fact, it was so notorious that it was kept in the private Borghese family home and not out for public display. Today, however, it's a prominent part of the collection of the Villa Borghese or Borghese Gallery. See episode 23 on Bernini's abduction of Persephone for a full description of this amazing art collection. In fact, in 2020, a tourist accidentally broke off Pauline's toes while posing on the marble couch for a selfie. Next, I'm going to discuss the neoclassical era and Antonio Canova, but first, let's take a quick break. Now that we're back, let's dive into the historical context of this work. As I mentioned before in this episode, Pauline was a sister of Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte. At the time that this work was commissioned, he was at the height of his power. He had just been crowned as Emperor of the French and was launching numerous campaigns to conquer the rest of Europe. The wedding of Pauline and Prince Camelio Borghese was meant to help cement his dream of creating a mighty dynasty that would rule the continent. From a military standpoint, this must have seemed like the Roman Empire was coming back to life. In addition to Napoleon's imperial ambitions, the Age of Enlightenment was still going on. One of the major tenets was a separation of church and state. This is why we see so much art inspired by the ancient past. And don't forget, excavations were still ongoing at sites like Pompeii and Herculaneum. Winkelmann's books on ancient Rome were still incredibly popular. This was a major influence on art as well. Make sure to check out last week's episode for more information on this. During the days of ancient Rome, it wasn't unusual to see powerful people depicting themselves in the guise of gods and heroes. With the rise of neoclassicism, this tradition was revived. In addition, Canova chose a pose that would have been familiar to many viewers. For example, we see the reclining female form in works such as Giorgione's Sleeping Venus, Titian's Venus of Urbino, and even David's Madame Recamier. It's classical in more than one sense, making it an icon of this period. It is no shock that Venus Victress became an icon, as Antonio Canova is often considered to be the best sculptor of the neoclassical era. He was born in 1757 in Venice. After his father died early in Canova's life, he was raised primarily by his paternal grandfather. This is where he learned to sculpt. As with many famous artists, there are anecdotes about his early talent. One involves him carving some butter into the shape of a lion, but there's no corroboration for this tale. In 1780, Canova moved to Rome. It was here that he was exposed to classical pieces, as well as the works of Michelangelo. He was also given the post of Inspector General of Antiquities and Fine Art of the Papal States. This gave him access to dozens of ancient works found around Rome. This would shape his style immensely. By 1800, Canova was one of the most famous artistic names in Europe. This was partially due to his talent, of course, but also due to the fact that he hustled hard. Canova would have books made filled with etchings of his works. This led people all over the continent to have access to his pieces, boosting his fame. This netted him patrons from multiple countries. Canova also dabbled in architecture. He drew up plans for a church dedicated to the Holy Trinity, which he dubbed Tempio Canoviano. Located in his home province of Veneto, it was a combination of both the Parthenon and the Pantheon. These two buildings are often seen as the ultimate perfection in ancient architecture. Sadly, it wasn't finished before his death in 1822. 
His brother was instructed to use Canova's estate to finish it, and it was ultimately completed. Canova was buried in his beloved church, and his funeral was so lavish that many compared it to that of Michelangelo's. Some other works that Canova is famous for include Psyche Revived by Cupid's Kiss, The Three Graces, and Perseus Triumphant. Venus Victress represents the love and respect for the classical past, as well as the pride of the Bonaparte family. Despite the scandal, it remains an icon of the neoclassical period. Next week is the last episode of season six. I'm wrapping up with David's painting, The Coronation of Napoleon, so you don't want to miss out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.